Welcome to the Exit 52 podcast, the only Baltimore podcast where one of the co-hosts locks himself out of his Ocean City condo. We are back to review the weekend, to preview the biggest game in the NFL so far this season, the Ravens and the Chiefs. Um, it's RDT, it's Banks, it's myself, Taylor Smythe. And let's start with a little weekend review. Guys, um, obviously we did the instant analysis about Ravens, Texans, a big win for the Ravens. Any takes you have with a little more time to digest that game um, right now here as we record on Wednesday? Uh, I took the time uh, on the next day to watch the, the whole game through the condensed version because I had been watching – you know, a lot of plays, but, but missed a lot of plays too while I was uh, celebrating my baseball championship victory. And yes, congratulations uh, once again. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, I was really impressed with the way Gus Edwards ran the ball. I think we, we touched on that pretty well, but maybe I didn't really hammer that home. Um, the way that they rotated the backs and have so far has been pretty interesting, but I think it's clear that Gus Edwards is that guy that they bring in when they've worn down the defense for three quarters and they've got a lead and they just want to go downhill on guys. So each back I think is, is growing their own little niche. Uh, I'd like to see Dobbins a little bit more uh, catch some passes out of backfield and do some things. And I think he'll get his opportunity this week. Yeah. I didn't know if, if again, they kind of kept it vanilla last week against the Texans to not really, uh, let anything out of the bag. Not, not that, you know, they've seen the chiefs the last, they saw them the last two years. Um, I don't know. Maybe they just wanted to keep it, everything kind of close to the, to the chest and not get anyone hurt. And again, just gear up for this, this gigantic Monday night game. Yeah. You talk about that history between the two teams last two years they played. It's kind of wild to play a team that's not in your division three straight years, but that's what the Ravens and chiefs are going to do. 2018, both those games are in Kansas city, 2018 to 27, 24 uh, win for the chiefs in overtime. And then last year, another great game at Arrowhead stadium, 33, 28 chiefs. And this one is probably the most hyped up of them all um, in the context of what we've seen. Um, these are the two best teams in football coming into the year. I think, now through two weeks, even with the Chiefs not looking awesome on Sunday, I mean, that's an impressive comeback to come back against a team that's got a good defense in the Chargers and that wants to win. Kansas City's won about a million division games in a row, um, and they were able to beat the Chargers. So now we head into Monday night. We have to talk about it very briefly. It just sucks that this game is not going to have fans and is not going to have the incredible buzz that it would have around town. We do not get a lot of home Monday night games in Baltimore. This would have been the biggest and would have been just an incredible buildup um, that day in the city as really the, the marquee game, maybe on the entire NFL calendar. Um, so that's tough. But with that said, this is a gigantic game and harkens back to that Rams Chiefs games a couple of years ago. It, it's a similar game to exciting young quarterback. I, I couldn't be more excited for this one. Yeah, you touched on the whole primetime game at Baltimore situation. It's very clear that ever since we brought the loudest manure chant, that word's a tough one, manure, bullshit chant that <laughs> has ever been chanted in a stadium in probably the history of the world, uh, the NFL has hated putting primetime games in Baltimore, especially Monday night games. So finally, they throw us a bone when COVID is here around us i mean this guy it was it covid was it was the schedule release was in april so 
you know, COVID was the situation at hand. Maybe they just figured, hey, early part of the season, maybe they won't have any fans and we won't have to listen to the bullshit chant. But here we are. What like, a conspiracy that is. Fans. Wow. An early COVID no, conspiracy, they, fan conspiracy. The evidence is all there. Somebody, somebody aggregate that statement. Put that somewhere on the blog. Wow. How about it? I stand by it. They, they hate <laughs> primetime games. And um, you can tell that John Harbaugh is, is, has noticed. So you we're sick of going places that. on the road. They, he pretty much said, we've gone everywhere on Monday night. And finally they come here and then nobody can show up. So it's also wild, honestly, this isn't a Sunday night game. I mean, this is like a marquee. I've been waiting all day for Sunday night. Carrie Underwood gets it going, and you go live to Baltimore, and it's the biggest game of the year. That's, so that's somebody good... liked somebody liked ESPN in this uh, to give this as an early season game because it's not like it's a game where these teams are both eight and zero, and nobody knew this was going to be a big game. Like this was the two best teams in the league last year. So that's an interesting conversation in itself. At this point, where does Sunday night football stack up against Monday night football? I think everyone can agree that it's a better product. Oh, clearly. It's, it's 100% more prioritized by the NFL in terms of scheduling. And that's been the whole thing with, with the last th- few years. ESPN has complained about the Monday night schedule because they've consistently gotten subpar games because Fox and CBS protect the best four o'clock game for either one of themselves. And then Sunday night is the, you know, the biggest show in network TV. And it is the biggest primetime show TV. It's, it's, friends it's Seinfeld it's whatever you want that is now Sunday Night Football so um Monday Night Football's kind of gotten the the short end of the stick over the past five six seven years but not this week it's the biggest game of the week I mean I I remember growing up like you said like Monday Night Football was like the I remember being like 16 years old having a job and requesting off Monday night so I could watch Monday Night Football um but yeah and now I mean I'm with you but going back to it don't you remember that they were saying that they may move the first three games of the season to the back end if they couldn't get the games in? Part of me is thinking like they were like, let's have this be, you know, one of the games that we could possibly move back and it could be like a week, you know, a week 16 matchup or something like that. Ravens are 14 and, or, you know, like 13 and one or 13 and two, something like that. I don't know. I just remember them saying that they may like, we may move every game before October to the back of the schedule if if you know there was an outbreak or something but again that was very early on so i i don't know I, but it's um it is weird because what they play in week two last year too it was chiefs ravens i think in yes. week two so they get them early except two years ago no, it was, it was week three it was week three because they mm-hmm. played the cardinals week two mm-hmm. i believe um in 2018 I, yeah in 2018 the game was on i i know exactly the date it was, was december half of the year it was december 9th because uh maryland men's soccer won the uh national championship on the same day and i watched oh, in, in oh, california yeah. so shout out shout out i'm wearing the shirt right now so shout out to them congratulations um, but Jeez. i think i think when you look at this game guys the place to start is mahomes and lamar i mean i i think you have the two um most marketable guys in the league probably and i think you can make a case the two best quarterbacks in the league when you look at these two guys banks is that the case is that a true statement of what i just said i think that the the next closest thing that anybody think is thinking is russell wilson and he's been unbelievable so far this year he's been unbelievable his entire career which you had just said to me a few minutes before we started the podcast to go back to the beginning of his career he's been phenomenal from day one pretty much i mean they seattle came in obviously drafted him in the middle rounds 
they had thrown a decent sized contract to have Matt Flynn come in and start for that team. And Russell Wilson just came in and took it. Like you don't do that as a third rounder unless you have it. And he clearly has it. But anyways, uh, Lamar and I mean, they're the last two MVPs and they're both under 25 years old. And I think the next closest thing when it comes to young quarterbacks is Deshaun Watson. And um, we, we kind of saw the last two weeks, these two quarterbacks just dismantle Deshaun's team. Not to say that, that Deshaun has some of the same help that these other two have, but I think that these two have definitely separated themselves from the rest of the pack. Yeah, kind of like we talk about with the teams. I think those two, I think they're, they're head and shoulders above pretty much everyone else. Like you said, Russell Wilson's been fantastic. Um, Rodgers has been great this year, and, and, you know, he's been great for the last, what, 12, you know, 11, 12 years. He's been really good. Um, maybe not that long. But, um, yeah, it's, it, I think this is exactly the matchup the NFL wanted, too. Again, like, like we just talked about, two 2-0 and o teams, they probably would have liked it if it was a 7-1 and one and an 8-0, something like that. Um, a little later, but you can't get much, much more than this. Um, it doesn't get much bigger than this in the NFL. Again, it's probably two of the most popular, most marketable players out there. I mean, it's like you can't turn on a TV now without seeing – well, besides for Baker. Um, Mahomes is on a lot of commercials. <laughs> Lamar is on a lot of commercials, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's – I mean, I, again, as, as not a Ravens fan looking in, I'm super excited to watch this game because – We've seen Lamar show up in primetime games. Uh, their Rams game last year was just – it was like him showing up against like a – Unbelievable. And just, <laughs> it was almost like he was just moonwalking across the field, like just having fun. And then Mahomes, he does it – it seems like he does it every week. So I'm, I'm super excited to watch this. And I know we mentioned it on the recap, but I, I just – I would kill for like a 51-45 type shootout where it's, all right, whoever has the ball last is going to win this. I think Baker is now in like the RG3 post-injury years where everyone thought he was going to be the most marketable player in the league. So he's on 700 commercials, but he's not actually the most marketable player in the league. Yeah, like, they just have to Like when RG3 was, on, was selling like Subway subs to like 2017, even though he was like barely starting for anybody. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm pretty sure I saw like a picture of him last week in a Subway. Like, uh, <laughs> Interesting. Ryan Howard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, that, yeah. He's fresh. Um, interesting part about this, Mahomes absolutely outplayed Lamar Jackson in this matchup last year um, that we talked about. 27 for 37 for 374 and three touchdowns. Sensational. Lamar, 22 for 43. I don't think the Ravens will want him to throw it 43 times this week. For 267 yards and no TDs, Lamar also ran for 46 yards. Um, on the ground that had a touchdown. Mark Ingram, one of three of three TDs on the ground in this game last year. Um, I think Lamar obviously played better than that um, in this game. Um, and I thought the stat you had in terms of you, you tweeted out today, Black, about the missed tackles uh, for the Chiefs was pretty interesting. And, we'll, and their defenses looked fine. I watched a lot of their game against the Chargers. Justin Herbert was slinging it around against them and was playing with no fear. And I thought that Josh Kelly and Austin Eckler ran the ball well um, for the Chargers against the Chiefs. So openings could be there for the various uh, rushing options for the Ravens. Oh, for sure. I think that, I mean, a lot of passing lanes should be open as well. I think Kansas City is more so renowned for front spin than their secondary. Um I'm, I mean, I'm excited to see it. Like, the, the missed tackles, I feel like a lot of Lamar's highlights feature 
plays from those two games he's had against the Chiefs in his short career, um, including the one where he's just kind of like shift inwards and at the, at about five and just walks into the end zone. It's, I mean, he's got countless highlights, but that's, that's probably a top five move that he made there, the spin move, and then gets in the end zone. Um, but, yeah, the, the missed tackles, this is not the kind of team that you want to – it's not just Lamar. Um, the arm tackles when it comes to some of these running backs, I mean, they're strong dudes. We don't really have that speedy running back because the, the running – the way that the running game works is the, is the running backs mostly run inside the tackles and, and they get downhill on you and, and they break through those arm tackles. They make you have to make tough decisions positionally. Yeah, they, they have to be – if, if Kansas City's defense wants a chance to, to compete in this game and to slow down this offense, because they're not going to stop them this, with the way that this, this offense works, they're not going to stop them. They just have to slow them down and, and make them punt enough times to give them a chance. Um, they have to clean up the tackling. Yeah, and, and just kind of echoing what you were saying, like you, you don't tackle Gus Edwards with your arms. You don't tackle Ingram, even Dobbins. Um, and, and their defense, I mean, their defense has been suspect for a couple of years now. And that seems like it's always, obviously the offense has been there, but, and the defense is always the thing that, that, that the chiefs could improve on. Um, it's, I mean, and like you said, their offense is going to keep up with the Ravens. I think if there is one offense in the NFL that, that can go score for score with the Ravens, it's, it's going to be the chiefs. So yeah, if mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be a fluky turnover or it's going to be, it's, it's going to be, you know, a, a, a stop they get. And again, if they, I mean, if they can force a couple punts, maybe two or three punts, and that's it. If they can stop the Ravens, um, then then that could probably be the game. But it, it's going to be interesting because, like you said, it's not like you just learn how to tackle overnight and stop missing tackles like that. Oh, we did it the first two weeks. Oh, it was just the Jets, or you know, it's just the Chargers or whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, that's that's something that obviously is going to be. And again, how many times have you seen it where a guy thinks he has Ingram down? or Lamar down and he goes to swing him and they just spin around and keep going. So yeah, those, mm-hmm. that, that, those missed tackles could be, could be pretty big. Yeah. I mean, I think the difference in the game could ultimately be how these two defenses are playing. The Ravens have given up 305 yards um, over the first two games per game. Um, and the chiefs have given up 419 and ultimately, Oof. ultimately the quarterback play is going to be the big talk of the week. And those are the guys on the marquee, but this Ravens defense has clearly shown itself over two games, albeit to be a better unit than the chiefs um, and to swing the tide the other way um, to be a Ravens win, as opposed to the last two matchups. I think this Ravens defense is going to have to show up and be the better unit to stop a guy like Mahomes, who, I mean, looked so pedestrian, so unnormal to be pedestrian over the first two quarters and then said, Oh, we're down in the fourth, fourth quarter and just willed them back into the game. Um, and then Harrison Butker had one of the best kicking performances in like a half an hour span I think anyone's ever seen um, from, from someone under pressure. So um, the Chiefs have, are a very well-rounded team. Um, if Justin Tucker's the best kicker in the league, our guy Harrison might be the second best. Um, so they're a complete unit. There is a reason they have Super Bowl rings that they got awarded uh, before the season. And this is going to be an awesome game. Um, predictions for this one. I'll start with you, RDT. I've gone back and forth and like, I don't, I mean, I think obviously I think the Ravens are at a disadvantage, not having the fans because like you guys met, if, 
if they had fans, the 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 city would it would have been one of those like you don't go to work Monday, or you take a half day and you go to the bars super early and you just get after it. You turn into a Brian booze bag and just. Do it. <laughs> um, no, I mean it would have been absolutely um, electric. It would have no been offense so taken. Electric. Oh my! It would have been insane. And like I'm trying to think, and this is maybe a question better for you guys. Like, what's what's the last big home game? Obviously not playoffs. Home regular season, like primetime game. Is it? It's got to be one of those Steelers games, or I think last year against. The, I think last year against New, New England, England felt yeah. would have felt similar. Yeah. And that's that's what I the vibe that day I remember in the city. I mean, at least in Fed Hill, where where me and Black are. Like it was awesome. And I had to work that day and came back. And I, I remember I Ubered back from College Park because I knew there was no way I was going to get anywhere close to parking in my house because of how crazy it was going to be. I just left <sighs> my car in College Park. There was just no reason to even, <laughs> there's no reason to even try. So that's the type of environment that would have been like, this is a day where I would have been like, oh, I'll, I'll, let me figure out a way to work from home for this one. Because like you would have planned our entire day around this game. Um, oh, and like you said, you don't, get, you don't get a ton of those opportunities, especially with how incredible this matchup is i mean i think the entire ravens fan base respects that chiefs team so much i mean the two losses to the last two years and you can't it's hard not to like mahomes i mean when you watch him against playing anybody else he's just a marvel you don't want him to play against your team um oh sure but yeah man we i mean we would have been i mean i mean the the, the booze man would have been would have been out in force i mean i mean who knows what that would have looked like yeah, the Ravens make me some type of way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, w- that would have been one of the great post shows of all time. I mean, really missing out on what that instant analysis could have looked like, win or loss. We would have needed uh, closed captioning for that, probably. <laughs> You've been referred to as booze bag banks now on the internet, which is, we'll see if that sticks at all. We'll see if it sticks. Um, <laughs> it seems as though some of my co-hosts are trying to make it stick, and I'm not going to really fight them hard on it. Um, there may or may not be a, a litany of offenses that suggest that there's some legitimacy to those claims. So I'm not um, going to comment. I'm not going to comment on potential examples that I've seen of that being a legitimate. I'm not sure. going to do that. I'm not, at least That's, not now, at least not now. Okay. You know, I'll take the high road. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll uh, to go prediction to get back to the prediction. <laughs> um, give me, I, I'll, I'll uh, stray from the pack. I think that I'll go chiefs win. Um, sure. 35, 35, 28, something like that. 35, 27, 35, 30, something right around there. I think it's going to be high scoring. I don't know what the over under is. Um, but, but yeah, I'll go, I'll go, I'll lean chiefs just to play a uh, devil's advocate. Sure. This is, so I don't have notes in front of me doing this podcast right now. Usually I have some notes in front of me, so I'm going to go off cuff here and just yeah, we'll really just get to why you have no notes in front all of my thoughts about this game, because I have so many, but I'm going to try to, compress them into just kind of a little monologue here the Chiefs are the king of the mountain they earned that right the Ravens were the best team in the NFL last year and they they basically shit down their leg let's let's not dance around it the Chiefs had their opportunity they grabbed it Mahomes got healthy they they fell behind twice in the playoffs and they got to the top of the mountain and they earned it Going into this year, I think everyone can agree that the Chiefs and the Ravens are the two best teams, not just in the AFC, but the entire league. And the NFL has decided that one team gets a bye in each conference. So that's a big deal. I mean, this game isn't just about the narratives and all those types of things. This is going to have huge, huge, huge tiebreaker uh, consequences when it comes to who gets that bye at the end of the season. Regardless, 
I personally, I don't think anybody here in Baltimore should feel like, even though you can say that we think we're the best team in the league, you can't really puff your chest out and say that if we don't go out there and beat the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday night. This is our opportunity to, to, to not, not – we, we can't take the crown from them on Monday night, but we can send a message that we're coming for it. So this just plays all into the whole – what we just discussed about how energetic the city would be because this is, was triple, quadruple circled by everybody on the schedule when it came out. We've been dying for this opportunity. We wanted this AFC Championship game in Baltimore last year. We didn't get it because we shit down our leg. This is an opportunity to start to make amends by winning this game winning home field advantage, getting the bye in this year's playoffs so we can have them come back to Baltimore again. We can kick that ass again. This time around, it's Monday night, 38-5 or 38-35 Ravens. Third, not 38-5? 38-5 would have been. <laughs> 38 would, would, would be impressive. That would have been like one of those what – what do they call the scores that have never happened? Like there, there was one like we won. Oh, week one, it's never happened. But I forget what they call those. That would have been a good one. 38-35, both good predictions, gentlemen. I think this game could go either way for sure. Um, I think that this is, as you said, Black, a statement game potentially for the Ravens. I think ultimately the Ravens' defense is better than the Chiefs' defense. I think they have the secondary to deal with the plethora of options, even losing uh, Tavon Young, the plethora of options that Kansas City brings to the table. I think this will be an awesome game. Um, and we will get to see if Steve Levy is up to calling a great primetime football game for ESPN. <laughs> and this will be a 41-35 win for the Ravens, who will move to 3-0. And these will, coming out of the game, these two teams will, even the Chiefs in a loss, will solidify themselves as the two best teams in the NFL as we move forward. Um, but the Ravens will come out with the win and win another regular season game. Um, and I just want to see, honestly, and, and you want to see a win, obviously, because this is, at least for me and Black, these are our teams. This is our team, but you want to see a great game here. I mean, this is one you, you want to see it swing back and forth. Obviously, if the Ravens blow them out, that'd be great. Well, I mean, what a statement, but this is where you just want to see a great football game, especially with everything that's happened. America deserves this football game. They really do. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And while I would love it to be on Sunday night, we'll, we'll take it on Monday night, and it will be a ton of fun. So that is our Ravens preview RDT picks the Chiefs, me and Banks stick with the Ravens um, in what should be a really, really fun game. I'm going to just throw this right to you, RDT. The Orioles season now coming to an end. We won't really review the weekend. I don't think there's too much of a point. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing to review is Trey Mancini. That was awesome. Yeah, that was a, that was a nice little surprise. Like you said, there isn't much. Since they kind of hit their their – they hit that patch of ice and they've been sliding. Like tonight was maybe the worst game I've seen them play all year. Um, uh, they were terrible tonight. It's impressive that, that it's taken them 55 games to, to fully kind of like shut down. Um, but yeah, and I, I think I said it on Morning Word the other day, like the Orioles didn't even play and they got their biggest win of the year with uh, Trey, you know, finishing his chemo, um, which again is great. And every time I've talked to him, he plans on, he's like, I'm 2021. I'm there. Like I'm, I'm going to be there. So that's, that, that's about as good as a, a scenario as you could hope for, um, you know, with him coming back and, and yeah, you just throw, again, you throw him into this, this lineup and, and they're going to be a, a much improved ball club. But again, it's like, it's just cool to see him, you know, holding up those balloons in front of the, uh, in front of the, the chemo center and, and finishing that. So you had a tweet that was so spot on 
the reception that he is going to get at Camden Yards is going to be insane. And I think it's going to be something that people are going to really want to be at. Like when he gets introduced at opening day, God willing, we have fans at these games next year. That's going to be an all-time reception, an absolutely all-time reception, because I think he was already becoming a really loved player around the city. You see him around. He's a great guy. He, you know, works in the community. Now with this, I mean, it's going to be something to see. Yeah, and, and then, like, that's one of the games where it's like, I, I, there better be fans there at that game when, he, when he's there. And it's, it's if the Orioles had any – if they really wanted to do this right, they would do it. They would have – they would do Moe's Orioles Hall of Fame plaque thing on the day that Trey comes back, if he's not there for opening day or whatever. But they, they would find some way to tie that in because, again, since Trey had so much to do with Mo, that would be a, a, neat, little, a neat little thing for them to, uh, to tie together. But, yeah, I thought – and, and that, that was one of the cool things is everyone, not, not just Orioles fans, you had – I saw Yankee fans, Red Sox fans, MLB was tweeting about it. Everyone was talking about it. So it, it's neat to see him get the recognition. Because, again, like us in Baltimore, we know who he is. Like, the guy was going to be knocking on the door of being a star when he got knocked on his ass. So, yeah, it's, just, it's neat to see him uh, rebound like, like we all knew he would. And let's hope this thing, uh, you know, doesn't pop back up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm just as much excited for, for Sarah for for her being so energetic and and you know Trey's pretty uh he's not a look at me kind of guy he you know he he likes to kind of keep it low key and and kind of do his business and 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 Sarah was really rooting and and bringing everybody the news as things were ongoing and um really excited for the both of them and and just really inspirational stuff for sure and I'm excited to see him back to Camden Yards and and, and playing baseball because I know that you had talked to him, Eric, as the, the Orioles kind of got off to a hot start there, and he was pretty excited about it for sure. And he's just kind of joking about how he was picking up a bat and just kind of like, oh, man, I want to get out there and might have to get in the cage here soon and that whole thing. And um, he just exudes baseball and is really just him get back to the things he loves. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if – I don't think I ever tweeted it because it was, it was after Moe's funeral. We were, I was talking with him and Sarah and some other people at the Orioles. We were just kind of hanging out in the parking lot. And it was right before that series with the Marlins when they got swept by the Marlins. But we said, like, so, you know, last two weeks of the season, if they're in play, you're coming back, right? And he's like, no, nah, I'm not even lying. I'm denying that up. Like, like I'm – if things go accordingly, like you, you may see me back out there. And Sarah like rolled her eyes and was like, no, no, we won't. And I was like, wait, so <laughs> it was literally the, so you're saying there's a chance. Like I was getting ready, like, all right, let, let's do this. But yeah, like I said, he was, he was itching to get back. And, and um, I talked to him this week and I talked to Sarah too yesterday and we're, we're trying to arrange some adult beers when uh, they get back into town, when everything is uh, ready. So we'll, I'm sure we'll get him and Sarah or, I we can have Sarah on the podcast. We don't even need Trey. I mean, I, you know, I'm Sarah fan. just because again, like like you mentioned, everything she was doing. So it's not it's not very easy going from an on air and in front of the camera talent to being a nurse. But she seemed to uh, knock that one out of the park. Yeah, it's a really it's a really cool sure. scenario. It's a really cool scenario, and and we'll be awesome way, that, to see him back. And I'll, I'll say it now. That was my Nick Caner Medley Maryland person of the uh, of the week, Sarah and Trey. So. Perfect. Push it right into the so yeah. there it is. We, we did the description. Yeah, I, I figured, Push it right well, in. Do you have any honorable mentions for your for your Nick um, Medley oh, who, person? Um, I guess we'll call it person of the week. Uh candles. 
the can- candles are the my uh, people of the week because it's perfect candle weather. It's always candle weather. <laughs> I'm going on ba- banks went quarter zips. Banks went quarter zips last week, so I'm gonna go candles. I mean, there's nothing better than getting home and just lighting up like a what do I have like a cinnamon apple something like that, that candle going. So yeah, well, they, they, you're, they you crack the window and get some candles burning. Your wife's now on the hot seat because she didn't save any people's lives. So, I mean, that's a tough yeah, scene we to didn't, not do that. We didn't do <laughs> that week. this week. Yeah. I don't think we did anything like that this week. Uh-uh. That's tough. Well, okay, we'll, we'll roll right into it. Banks, Nick Karen Medley, person of the week. Uh, Nick, Nick Kanner Medley, uh, Merrill Man of the Week for me is Mr. Trash Wheel because news came out that there's studies saying that the Baltimore Harbor, the Inner Harbor, is closer to being swimmable. Wow, that's great. By for no means, by no means does that mean it is swimmable, but we're trending. We're trending in the right direction. So wow. many thanks to Mr. Trashfield. If you don't know what Mr. Trashfield is, at some point, I don't know, in the last five, ten years, some scientists or something came up with some, I don't know what to call. It looks like a hamster wheel that just kind of churns out trash in the inner harbor and it put some eyeballs on it and called it Mr. Trashfield. So shout out to Mr. Trashfield. Did, did, you, did you see my tweet about it today? And I said, who's going to try it? And someone said, let me find it. You were banks determined by who wins the Titans Ravens game in November. Talking about, oh, if it's swimmable, like who's going to test it? Ooh, I like that. Ooh, I like that. Mm. All right, I did boys. see that tweet. <laughs> that I did may, see uh, that tweet and I chose I'll, to I'll ignore it. I'll let that marinate. But <laughs> oh. I got pause, like <laughs> there's any uh, – if there's any fines or anything like that, but uh, yeah, we have good listeners. That's a great suggestion. That was yeah, that, I I chuckled at that one. And then someone else just posted a picture <laughs> of uh, Chris Davis. So, oh no! <laughs> oh, no. And then someone responded no, to that saying he would miss it. It's tough. Um, any honorable mentions for you? Um, whatever locksmith wants to show up at this condo here in Ocean City oh, and uh, let me and my friends into uh, the condo that we're locked out of. Yeah. I mean, what a, what a tough situation. And, and to go full transparency here right now, me and Brian are recording on the opposite sides of a um, glass door here. He is on a deck. I am inside in this house where I am staying. Uh, we will get into this. I, well, I guess we can get into this now a little bit. Me and Brian are playing in a uh, a friendly golf tournament here in Ocean City over three days called the Captain's Cup. It is the inaugural Captain's Cup. I am on Team Europe, the captain of Team Europe. This is a Ryder Cup style thing. So it's Europe versus USA. Uh, Banks is the captain of the American team. So we are opposing captains on the Exit 52 podcast. And um, Banks and two other members of his team have locked themselves out of where they were going to stay here on Wednesday night in Ocean City. It is a deadbolt lock situation. The other two members are trying to get their way into this condo as we pod, but Banks is too committed to the game. So he or she are potting with us. Did I sum that up pretty much your situation? Yeah, you summed up the whole locksmith situation pretty well there. Yeah, so he needs a locksmith. So if anybody, if anybody hears this early in the morning and knows someone who can get these guys potentially into this place – we may need you. So maybe we can get some help from, from any Ocean City listeners. Or yeah, maybe they a, can offer up their residence for you. That's just – yeah. That's we're not letting you – team- man of the week. It's, you can't win it until you, you perform the services. But yeah, we're, and let me tell you what. We're not letting you into the Team Europe house. I mean, that's just not even an option. So well, I'll sleep fig- on your couch outside. Yeah, figure Why it out. Piss on it? Do you, it? Think, oh, do you think no. – 
fighting words. <laughs> do you think we have a lot of Ocean City locksmith listeners? Like, I would have we're to think that that's our, I would think that's our demographic. That's the yeah. kind of the demographic I thought we were going for when we started this. Uh, <laughs> research has shown tonight that they're they're uh, few and far between. Yeah, I think I think they've started calling ones in like Virginia Beach. Like Ooh. I think they're they're going Ooh. everywhere. We this. we we've had discussions with the police and the fire department. <laughs> <laughs> this has been an absolute ordeal. So someone has the potential to win Maryland Man of the Week next week if they can help these guys get into this condo. Uh, we will see if that happens. Mind you. Oh, oh. Wait a minute. Hold on. Oh, I, I have a, a, another potential honorable mention. Um, okay. I thought you were going to have an update. I thought we were going to have a live I, update of this I, I would wait. No, I would, I would wait to continue uh, or, or to kind of throw the, this honorable mention at the end, but it ties in nicely to the Captain's Cup. I'm going to give myself uh, the – uh, an honorable mention here because what a me, what a um, me guy you are this this is this is a real can of worms and i guess i gotta deliver the goods here because we've got uh one of your europe team members out here on the deck and he's listening intently because he knows that i'm supposed to tell a story he hasn't heard yet uh so uh, the, great, shout, the great mike myers shout out, his yeah, name, shout out to him he, europe's finest he, yeah he mike actually confirmed a few stats play. as as we were going on here tonight so he's uh he's yeah. our stat boy he's getting a producer credit on this one yes anyways um this is a bit of a long one, so buckle up, boys. Sure. Um, Sunday night, after we did the instant analysis about, you know, I, I was I was having a few beers with the boys. We won a championship. They're actually on the booze deck above me. Yeah, we're boozing. Uh, they were throwing beers at me from the deck as I was recording, and you can hear <laughs> on the podcast live. So go back and listen to it. Uh, get those viewer uh, or listenership numbers up for us. Uh, you can hear the points in time when I lose my train of thought because they're chucking empty beer cans at me. Anyways, about 10 minutes after we hit end uh, on recording that podcast, I go back upstairs and I come to discover that there, the pizza got delivered when I was recording and there was none left except for veggie pizza. So that was that was upsetting to say the least. Sure. Anyways. I had had quite a few uh, adult sodas at that point. We were just talking shit like boys do about the game, talking to, to my roommate about how he plays shortstop like an asshole way too far up the middle and lets balls go through the five, six hole too much. And he was just adamant that he was right. And at a certain point I jokingly, and this is on a second story deck, um, Taylor, if, if I can just kind of, it's pretty much like the deck above me here. If you can, you know, yeah, that's, this is that's great radio. Great radio. Everyone um, can see that. Yep. I joke that I'm going to go like I'm jumping over the railing. Cause I'm done with the conversation with, with, uh, with Kyle on this. I jokingly go to, to uh, like act like I'm jumping over and I lean on the railing and the railing is lower than I thought. And my ass was on the ground. Next thing I knew. Wow. I what is going on on this show? We're saving kids. You're falling on my back, probably a 15 foot fall. And I have been absolutely crippled the entire week. Oh my gosh. I have been working from home. I've been doing ice baths. I have been doing, uh, heat therapy. I couldn't pretty much couldn't walk the last two days. So I'm sitting sideways here on this couch doing this podcast I've been doing everything I can because I'm not going to let my boys down for Team USA. And I am ready to go out there and, and golf my heart out. Uh, 
you guys are going to be Rocco Mediate, and I am going to be Tiger Woods in 2008. And there's really nothing you can do about it. So big credit to me for toughing my way through this. I haven't really gone through with winning the golf thing this weekend, but it's going to happen. So <coughs> future me, excuse me, future me uh, deserves at least an honorable mention for all the, the, the tough and selfless work I put in to get myself ready for this golf event. Sure. You're, I'm, you're I'm, Dustin Johnson falling before the 2017 Masters. Yeah, except I'm playing. Well, I mean, the, the, we'll the, I, I think you certainly deserve the award for building in the most excuses of anyone I've ever heard. That's, <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a nice feather in your cap. You will obviously not win this this weekend because Team Europe will be taking it home. So um, I'm also glad that you, you kind of hedged and gave it to yourself beforehand so you don't have to wait to give it to yourself. Oh, it, I, it has to be documented. Also, I can't tell if it's coming through on the podcast. I'm sure you guys can hear it. I bit the hell out of my tongue when I landed too. And it's Jesus. I'm talking out of one side of my wow. mouth. Well, speaking of golf, my Nick Caner medley person of the week is Bryson DeChambeau, um, who won week. the who won the U.S. Open and uh, is misunderstood and, and looks very similar to someone is, that is competing for me on Team Europe, Brian Gibbons. And so uh, he is going to be my person of the week. Uh, fantastic week for Bryson, who is good for the game of golf. He's hashtag good for the game. I make those judgments and I write about that judgment. Um, so shout out to him. My two honorable mentions are the previously mentioned Justin Herbert, otherwise known as Herbie that I donned him this weekend. He is very fun to watch um, for the chargers. So shout out to my guy, Herbie, <laughs> shout out to Tyrod Taylor. What a, t- our guy, Tyrod Taylor, what a tough injury. What a tough injury. I That's mean, that tough. guy puncturing his lung with the fucking needle. <laughs> like, this, I feel like this is not getting talked about as much as it should. Yeah, if he's on like, a real team and not on the Chargers, this is a much bigger story. He's just I mean, not a real this team. is unbelievable. Hold on. Play his fuck up. All right? Have you seen what this doctor has done? <laughs> yeah, it's tough. <laughs> did you, did you yeah. see that laundry list? How is that guy not in jail? I, I'm trying to find the tweet again, but. Yeah. Good God, that guy had like. And the Mets. We might, bring a, we might bring a malpractice suit against him from this podcast. Who was it? Some I forget. Some football player tweeted and said, "If I was playing for the Chargers, or if I was Tyrod Taylor, that team would be the Tyrod Taylor Chargers going forward." Yeah, I, we'll I mean, see what Tyrod does. I mean, that was a great tweet. But he might have to take some action here. Apparently, you can't sue the team doctor. They said if you sign with the CBA if, uh, because yeah, of the CBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my guess is the team may still be able to sue them, but that's probably like that's probably why. Well, Trent- the team, if he's doing this much, the team, and we don't want to call for anyone's jobs here. But I mean, if you're doing that much bad to players, you should you should lose your job. That's, yeah, I mean that. Like I said, I'm I was, I was in. I mean that was insane when I read that. Like he punctured his lung with a with a, a needle. Trying well, to maybe trying we to- can get him to come work on uh, Black's back before the Captain's Cup this weekend. We can yeah. see if we can make that happen. He probably like puncture his spleen. Yeah, he spleen. might. Uh, he might be able to unlock that, that door. He might be able to unlock that door if he's puncturing things. <laughs> I'll do <laughs> anything for either of these situa- situations <laughs> at hand. <laughs> uh, my other, um, my other honorable mention is someone we will talk about at other times on this podcast because of our feelings towards her. It is Taylor Swift who performed at the Country Music Awards last Wednesday as we were recording. She performed her song, Betty. She is fantastic and the best. And um, I can't wait to see her live again. She's just so good. <laughs> uh, Folklore, it's a great album. So shout out, shout out do some, I'll do some adver- free advertising for Taylor Swift. Not that she needs 
any of my help, but as a fellow tailor, you have to fall in line with her. Um, Eric, do you have a question for us this week? Yes. So I have a question that was submitted by, I don't think you guys know him. His Twitter name is at K underscore R A J underscore. Um, Kyle. Oh no. He said, and again, this, this kind of goes for you too. Oh, this God. is your classic MFK. Oh, no. Your classic oh, MFK. Oh, boy. I, I dubbed it the great eight debate. Okay. Mary fuck kill. Cal Ripken. Alexander uh, Ovechkin. Uh, Lamar Jackson. We're MFKing on, the, on this show? All right. Yeah. Um, again, we, we reach out to the viewers, and this, you know, Kyle seems like a saint. And and he sent that yeah, in. well, he's he's yeah. He, right now, he's trying to be a, a locksmith. Well, yeah. So yeah, maybe maybe we should have punished him. I don't think he's in that. anyone's good graces on this show right now. But we will still answer his question because we're professionals. I so I will take I'll let uh, Banks think about this a little bit more. He looks like he's struggling in multiple ways, and I will do this pretty quickly because for me, um, the I think. I will take and marry one of the formative athletes of my life, which was Cal Ripken. Um, and I think that is like a lot of the stability of what I became as an Orioles fan in the early years, just his legacy. I will um, F um, my guy, Lamar Jackson, because he is so exciting. And because the Capitals just don't mean as much to me as the Orioles and the Ravens do. Unfortunately, as much as I love Alexander Ovechkin, I will kill Alexander Ovechkin. Okay. How am I supposed to follow that up? I mean, it's the exact correct answer for all the correct reasons. I mean, Cal Ripken was childhood. He's dad. I mean, that's all there is to it. So uh, he's just been in my life forever. I, I grew up with him. He's always been there. So he's a Mary. And Lamar Jackson is like, who can, if you could watch any of these guys for three hours on a Sunday or any day of the week, Lamar Jackson. Yep. So he's definitely your one-time guy. And Alex Ovechkin is just an absolute wagon of a human. And he's accomplished great things. And he's been so much fun to watch for 15 years now. But sorry, you're dead, bud. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's a, that's a tough question. Uh, thank you to Kyle for uh, giving that question into Eric as our, as our question of the week. Uh, hopefully he can uh, figure out how to crack a lock. Let's move on to the mailbag. Once again, thank you to everyone that continues to send in questions. We got even more this week. And as a um, sort of caveat to this, we're not going to get to all of them every week. So we'll like roll them over because otherwise we'd be here forever. And, and I don't think anyone needs that. So we're going to do a couple of these and then some of the ones that are a little more general um, and we can cover in other weeks, we will do that. But thank you to everyone that sent them in. Um, and we're going to start with, because we've, we've, we've talked a lot of sports and we're going to talk other Baltimore things besides sports on this show. A question from MD law. So easy Two at MD law. So easy Two on uh, Twitter best fed Hill. So bow bar off the main strip, AKA nothing within a block of Charles and the cross street intersection. If people need some sort of spatial awareness for that, that is like the banditos, wayward mothers sort of pack of bars and then the stretch with Cross Street. So we are going to say nothing around Cross Street Market and then nothing in that strip. Black, your thoughts on that question? The thing I like most, and I, I live um, in that neighborhood and, and, and a good eight-minute walk or so from those, those bars that are excluded from this. So there's so many options that I have 
going to and from those bars to pop in and have a beer if I want one thing or another. And each bar seems to have its own little niche. Is what, that's what I love most about the neighborhood. Um, it's tough because we don't, you know, no free ads, right? But, I mean, this is these, – these bars are awesome, and this is a great question. I these think bars deserve our ads. They do. Them, they really awesome. do. And they, especially times like these. I think if I had to pick a favorite, I think I would go these days, and it's the Sobo area. I mean, gun to my head. I really like going into Don't Know for a beer and some some of those Honey Bowl Bay Wings that, that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like their bar layout where if you're just sitting down on a stool, it's a great situation. We also watched uh, Taylor. I don't think you were there, but we watched. Uh, I watched Tiger Woods win the Masters there. That was no, I was not there. I was in Evanston, Illinois, for that in a hotel, so I was not at Don't Know. But <laughs> tough situation. Had- but have had many great days at Don't Know. Don't Know was definitely up there for me. And I kind of have a 1A, 1B. And Don't Know is going to be that 1A. So I'm glad that you said it. So it gets its due in there because it is a great bar. The all you can drink on Friday nights, which used to be $10, is now $15. Still a good deal. Um, and still was the start of many good nights. Um, they also have a great Cuban sandwich, which I would like to shout out Accurate. on this show. Um, Big facts. The wings are also good. And you're right. The bar setup is good. Um, and they got the shuffleboard in the back. So if you go in like during the day when it's not as crowded, you can play the shuffleboard in the back, um, which is good. And they have some other bar games in there too. Um, me and some work uh, friends at one point were there like a, on a summer day at like two o'clock, just playing all the games they had in there, which was fun. My uh, answer for this uh, with don't know getting its due is going to be Delia Foley's because Delia Foley's wings are perhaps the best thing you can get um, in the neighborhood. Um, if that's your thing, if wings are your thing, I get the fire starter. Everyone has their different wings that they get. Um, and they have a golden tea machine in there and they have a dartboard in there, which are two things that, um, our group of friends likes to do black. We like to play golden tea and we like to play darts and we have used both of those things. Um, and they also have like a pretty good situation. Like if you have a big group of people, you can go to that back, right. Um, big table. And then the bar situations, I only have a lot of TVs in there. Um, We do love the darts. The issue is they're not open on certain Sundays, uh, which is tough for a football situation. They've started to open a little bit for Ravens stuff, but uh, shout out to Delia Foley's. They, they do good stuff, and uh, I've had their wings a lot during the, uh, the pandemic, doing the carryout situation. They've gotten don't know. So, uh, yeah. RDT, you are not living in the neighborhood, so this is actually an d- interesting question for you to answer. Do you have an answer to this question? I, I was going to go with don't know because that's one of the few places that I've gone to that isn't right on the strip and yeah like I'd, i've never lived in baltimore i was never one of those guys who like lived in fed or or canton or any of those places so i've only gone there i mean i've gone out in baltimore but again if if i'm going out it's it's with it's a mardi gras it's a uh oh, you yeah. know some of those beer those, those bar crawls where we hit a lot of those places um don't know has always just stuck out to me as as, as being pretty fun when i've gone there and and you know, aside from those main places, that that's probably where I would say uh, was my favorite. Um, I'm glad, Taylor, that you kind of some you didn't cut me off, but you kind of organically said that you have a one A one B, and I knew where you were going with the B because it was also my sentiment. I was so close between Don't Know and Delia Foley's, but I also want to give a quick shout out to Riverside Tap House, which recently opened at where the old Das Beer House used to be. Uh, I've been in there a handful of times. It's very close to where I live. Um, 
you know, they're, they're up and coming. They're pretty new. I don't think people have had an opportunity to get out there much, but the food there is phenomenal. I can't say enough good things about the food. Yeah, I've got to get over there. The mac and cheese egg rolls, the tomato soup. Um, <laughs> it's, it's phenomenal stuff. And, uh, I mean, shout out to the old DOS that would have won this question easily for me. Um, and shout out to those guys up in Parkville, but they're up in Parkville. So they can't win this question. They cannot win this question. Uh, and this will not be the last uh, time we talk about this because we're going to try to do some sort of Fed Hill and maybe we'll involve the other neighborhoods too. Actually would love people's feedback on this. We want to try to do a bracket or review sort of series that we do in each bar Obviously, as we talked about, these places have gone through so much during the quarantine. But they're also, we want to be pandered to as well. Yes, but <laughs> these like local establishments are awesome. And they're, and they're places you watch games with people and you make memories in the city. Um, and so throughout the city, I mean, obviously me and Banks are both in Fed Hill, so that will probably start this type of series. But we definitely want to feature those as well. Um, and shout out to those bars down on Cross Street and and oh Charles yeah, no Street doubt. Oh my gosh, yeah. the outdoor seating there is awesome now. So if you live in the neighborhood or if you haven't been down to Fed Hill in a while, um, and Canton and Fells too, I've been to those um neighborhoods as well to eat outside, and and all of those places are doing a good job with the outdoor seating. Uh, next mailbag question: Who wants to who wants to take the next mailbag question here? Uh, let me see. Which one are we doing? The I could do the fourth one down. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so what's one major thing that you guys think besides the game on Monday if the Ravens win? I think that the main denominator is going to be what type of pressure can the Ravens get on Patrick Mahomes? I think that, you know, they do a good job with him getting the ball out quick to those those guys like Tyreek Hill and and Hardman and all the speed that they have. But I think this will be a test for – Matthew Judon, a Calais Campbell, some of those guys up front to really get some actual pressure, um, especially not in a blitz situation. Um, I think if the Ravens can do that consistently, um, they've got a much better chance to be uh, more successful. And I think they have more talent in that area than the Chiefs. So that would be my sort of under the radar key. Because as we said, all the talk is going to be about the offenses. But I think that Ravens front four and, and, and some of the pass, rushings, pass rushers need to show up in this game. I definitely agree with that. Um, on top of that, I think uh, protecting the football, we've seen a couple instances, uh, especially in week one where the Ravens were a little bit careless with the football. We didn't really talk about Lamar uh, on that electric run he had on the left side where he tried to try to lateral it to Mark Ingram while he was falling to the ground. And yes. Honestly, it was a sick play because the lateral was actually on target. It was accurately tossed. And Ingram was so stunned that it came his way that he just wasn't ready for it. It reminded me of an it reminded me of an Ed Reed interception lateral mm-hmm. when I saw it. it no, it reminded me of like NCAA football 08 when the graphics <laughs> good enough, and you're just running a run a triple option right, and you're just basically getting thrown to the ground, and a football just comes out of your butthole and finds its way to <laughs> to the running back. And it had some like continues. NFL Street two fields as well. Yeah, yeah. it was absurd, but. Um, and we had the, the, the fumble with Patrick Ricard. We need to protect the football. And defense is an extraordinary force of turnovers. I think they forced a turnover in something like eight straight games. They need to continue to do that. I think Patrick Mahomes has proven to do that from time to time, more so than people think. Um, the, Wink Martindale likes to dial up a lot of um, interesting blitz schemes that causes confusion, dropping guys like Clive Campbell, as you mentioned, uh, into coverage. And 
I think if he gets his arms up and uh, bats a ball or does something of the sort, they have an opportunity to, to kind of make one of those splash plays on defense that could be the difference in the game. Yeah, I think there's, there's no doubt. I mean, it's going to be so much about, about ball security yeah, in this one for sure. I got another quick one for you too. And this kind of goes to all Ravens fans. So obviously I've been seeing it the last couple of days and I even sent that, that the screenshot of that tweet to you guys. People getting very offensive about Justin Tucker and his state. Oh, this is so tough. Like, do, are there people who don't think Justin Tucker is the best kid in the NFL? And to like the mainstream, the big J, the journos who, who I guess like to stir the pot, like why do Ravens fans get so offended when someone says like, well, I don't know, Harrison Butker – like, he's a damn good kicker. He may be the best. Like, he, like I just feel like I with Justin Tucker, I feel like I see people, like, ready to, like, murder their parents over protecting him. And, like, yeah, like, like obviously the guy's the best. He's probably a Hall of Fame kicker. And it's, like, just because uh, Max Kellerman says something on, on ESPN one morning, like, they flip out over it. I, I, I think it's a ridiculous insecurity. I mean, Justin Tucker yes. is one of the most is one of the most praised kickers ever, ever, full stop, ever. Respected, everyone knows he's great. When you talk to anybody that roots for another team, they say they wish they had him. Everybody, that like, he may be the best at what he's supposed to do in a football game than anybody in the league. That he's not the best player in the NFL, but in terms of what he's supposed to execute. He does an incredible high level, and everyone says that. Everyone. His teammates say that. The Ravens coaches say that. The media says it. Opposing players say it. The, the, the offense taken to the Harrison Butker praise is stupid. That was incredible what he did for the Chiefs on Sunday. It deserved all the praise that it got. It was nothing against Justin Tucker. If someone had a hot take where they, where they talked about Tucker being, being the second best behind Butker, it's not right. But you know what? Justin Tucker gets praised every single week, every single year. Like, chill out. Like, chill out, Ravens fans. Like, like really. It's not that big of a deal. Nail on the head. Like, I, nobody whoops it up and laughs at other kickers and enjoys the, the Justin Tucker experience more than I do. And it's not just watching his kicks as majestic as they are. I love watching that, sure. It's watching these other kickers miss that really just brings me so much joy. But – other kickers make them sometimes, and sometimes they're really good at their jobs too, and it's okay for Harrison Bucker to be complimented. And um, I don't know if, if, if somebody called him the best kicker and that set people, uh, a few people off, but there's no need to, to get overly defensive about it. So I'm right there with you guys. Um, there are people who like to, to poke the bear and say this or that about Lamar Jackson. Save the arguments for those guys. Save the argument for the list. I don't need to make a Justin Tucker list. Any updates for the list? Everybody respects him. Uh, not really any updates on the list. Um, <laughs> we're still – I saw that Pete Prisco uh, slid the Ravens above the Steelers as he should have. Thank you, Pete. Um, Big of him. I continue to think that the Steelers are frauds, but um, we have plenty of time to get into that and for that to be uh, proven, so – yeah, but so good good job by the media this week. No additions to the list. Congrats to them. Going yeah. back to the Tucker thing real quick, Ryan Clark tweeted yesterday, real talk, how many people in this world are as good at their job as Justin Tucker is as his? I mean, there and it I is. I think Torrey Smith tweeted 1%. Well, 
Morgan Cox. Two-thirds of the Wolfpack. Though. You got to shout out your guy. I do. I mean, his, those are crisp snaps. They're very crisp. Yes, they are. I mean, the, the, the whole thing, the operation is great. But, yeah, the, the, the Tucker disrespect is, is an insane, insane narrative. It's a very um, weird narrative, yeah, that I just picked up and, and I, just, I needed to know. No, and I think that is the perfect way to us, – us giving a little advice to Ravens fans, calm down, is a great way to end the mailbag uh, this week. Once again, we have a, a ton of other questions that were sent in, um, but we don't need to get to all of them. We will get to them as we go through. Maybe some of them will apply to our instant analysis if we can bring those in as well um, on Monday after the game. And make sure to tune in Monday after the game. We're trying to figure out if we're going to do anything else before the game um so a little tease there um shout out to your dad uh brian who asked about that if we were going to do anything before the game um i believe yeah. at jimbo slice is his handle that is not his handle that's just his name he's jimbo slice uh <laughs> we should probably make him that twitter we should make that burner his, so we he, has, he has he can tweet twitter his thoughts handle. he has a twitter handle i i i have a running shtick that i we've is, has gone unspoken, but I think he has an understanding that I don't acknowledge him on Twitter and he just tweets at me <laughs> and talk about it. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a nice little joke to myself every time I see him tweet that I just, I'm not going to respond to that. And so I just don't. And so if I, I already feel like I'm kind of walking across that line now. And so I'm just going to, going to stop talking. <laughs> There you go. So we were, we're going to figure that out. We'll obviously have the instant analysis right after the game is over late on Monday night, win or lose for the Ravens. We will talk about it all. And then we'll be back next week for the Thursday morning drop um, of another episode where we hopefully talk about a three and O Ravens team. I think next week we will also sort of do a more full recap of this Orioles season, which comes to an end this weekend. Um, they lost to the Red Sox tonight. They play the blue Jays to end the season over the weekend they will obviously not be in the playoffs. The baseball playoffs and season will move on without them. And we will sort of give sort of a, a review of the season and kind of look into the offseason and, and what those moves are going to look like. Um, certainly another interesting offseason for the Orioles as they continue their rebuild um, as we go through the next few years. And hopefully they can, they can get it back on track. And as we talked about the best news, once again, shout out to Trey Mancini. Um, that was really, really cool to see. Um, and we'll try to get him on here at some point to talk to him about it. So, uh, that should be fun. That is it for another week on the Exit 52 podcast. Boys, I couldn't be more excited about this game on Monday. I think I'm fired up. I, I, I can see it in both of you. Um, um, such a big game. I'm really hoping we get something together on Monday. I mean, who knows what the logistically we can do, but keep an eye out. We might tease some, something. Um, look out at, at Exit 52 podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If we, uh, if we decide and we figure out how we're going to do um, some cool things, you'll hear about them. Absolutely and, right. And if you have any ideas or any suggestions of what we should do on Monday, again, all, I think all our DMs are open. Feel free to, to slide in and, and shoot us a message on what you think we should do. For sure. About anything? Yeah, about anything. Not only that, for, for sure. Anything. Uh, you had, did half my job for me there, Banks, at Exit52Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Barstool Banks is where you can find our man Banks on Twitter. And then it's going to be E-D-I-T-T-I-22. There it is. There on it Twitter. Is. I, mean, I thought RDT. this week was the week. I thought for, all, for all the takes, you can follow me at TaylorSmite10. And to go in business for myself to end this show, my other podcast, Out Here the Turtle, 40 Minutes with Gravis Vasquez. If you like Maryland, Ledge. that is something you should listen to. I will not promote that show every week. 
But if you are a Maryland person that listens to the show. Promote it every week. Gravis was unbelievable. So go listen to my man, Gravis Vasquez, who is a stud. Thank you guys this week. Thank you to all the Ravens fans. Thank you for the listeners for continuing to listen to us each and every week. We really appreciate the support. Make sure to DM us, shoot at exit52podcast at gmail.com for all the mailbag questions. And we will see you for the instant analysis after Ravens Chiefs on Monday. Go Ravens. We'll see you on Monday. Thank you.